Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of It's Too Wordy, the COVID-19 edition. The comic book podcast where three buddies discuss comic books from their childhood and today. I'm Kirk. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. We're uh, doing our part and doing the whole social distancing thing this week, guys. We're all in our respective uh, fortresses of solitude. How are you guys doing this week? Needing out of my fortress of solitude. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, you gotta guys do have what kids. we gotta do. You guys have kids at home, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I I I don't I don't have that, so I wish I did, but I don't. Um so this week we're going to be discussing uh, Spider Man, Spider Woman. Sorry, number one, Justice League International number one, and for women creators in comics, we're going to be discussing Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey number one by Amanda Connor. So which one should we start with first, guys? Let's get the Birds of Prey one out of the way. Okay, I made it like a quarter of the way through, and then I was like, I can't handle the way Harley talks. Yeah. All this was was a glorified version of the standard Harley Quinn comic that Amanda Connor and uh, her husband put together. It, I was not impressed with it. They did it because of the movie. It Harley used to be a good character, and they just kind of, I don't know, last few years, they just oversaturated the market with her, and it's not good. She's become like Wolverine and Deadpool and all those other characters that saturated the market because they found out they were popular. Yeah, but the thing is, those characters I could still tolerate to an extent, where with... Of course. Harley, the character just, they made her unbelievably annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at that point, I'm like, okay, I don't care anything about this character at all. You know, there used to be a little bit of fun to it, and now it's just like really bad adult yeah. jokes all the time. You know? All right. So my take on this was. <clears throat> I like the original, the the book, right? The comic that came out monthly. I liked her with Power Girl, and they've kind of brought that up a little bit in this. But I don't know. I mean, it's neither Amanda Connors or Jimmy Palmiotti's best work, could you say? The art's yeah. great. I mean, if it wasn't Harley Quinn all the time. Yes. And if the Birds of Prey actually showed up, until the last page would make it a lot better. <clears throat> Agreed. And if Montoya was the question, make it a lot better. But no. Yeah. I don't know. I tried to like it because I really liked the old one, like the, the monthly, but this one I just didn't care for. You mean the original, like the original, original one? No, like the Amanda Connor. Okay, I got Harley you. Quinn book, where she goes to 
out of Gotham and goes to Coney Island and sets up the hotel and stuff. Okay, gotcha, yeah. It wasn't so bad. This one? Nah. Yeah, I loved, I loved it so much. I loved it so much that I uh, immediately send it back over to Nick. <laughs> I was wondering why it got back so fast. Yeah, it's a tough read, but you know, want to try it out. Yeah. So what do we give it? One and a half. Nick? I'm going to give it a two because I really like the artwork. I like the some of the characters, like her Harley, like her Quins or whatever she calls them, the, her sidekicks. And, I don't know, probably a two. I like Amanda Connor's artwork, so that's enough for that. Okay. I'm going to also, I was also going to give it a two just because I like the artwork. So. All right, which one do we want to do next? Spider-Woman or JLI? JLI. All right, so Justice League International number one, the dollar comic. Um, I actually love this book. I like the comedy aspect of it. And um, I like... I know we've kind of beat it like a dead horse, but uh, the whole aspect of Batman and Guy Gardner not getting along. Well, isn't this the first place you really see it at? Or yeah. Is this after, okay, because this, the punch hasn't happened yet. No. Yeah, I, um, I thought I had read this before. I had not. Um, I really did enjoy it. Yeah, He's got me it's, interested in picking up some other issues of it. Nick's got three volumes of it if you want to borrow it whenever we get out of quarantine. But I know you collect Green Lantern, so. Yeah. And there's a lot of Green Lantern in this. Yeah, I remember a guy being pretty heavy in it, and then I didn't it switch over to one of the other guys. Hal shows up for a while. Now, is this the one that changes over into Justice League Europe? That's a separate yes. series. So there's international, and then there's Europe. And then but it, they just become Justice League of America after that. Okay. All right. That makes sense, then. No, this was a lot of fun. I, I liked uh, Blue Beetle going, I can do more than this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he uh, wanted to be more than a just a B character, right? Uh, I like how Guy thought that he should be going with the super heavyweights. Um, the one question I did have is when Manhunter talked to Doctor Light, couldn't he just do that telepathically? Yes. Then why did he have to go to her? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, 
because you have two panels of it. Just use one panel to show Martian Manhunter talking to her and the other panel of her acknowledging it. Right. Same thing. I, I don't know. Um, I liked how Batman wanted to kind of keep him low key. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Nope, not with the characters you have in this book. And at the very end, that's Maxwell Lord, right? Yes. Okay. The dirty bastard Maxwell Lord. So he, he already showing that he's pulling all the strings on this. Correct. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm in on it. I since <clears throat> what we we're going to talk about later is happening. I have something else I can get now. <laughs> so I'm going to give it a five. I liked it when I read it about six months ago and makes me want to read which volume do you have? Is it three or four? For what? I've read both one and two of the Justice League International. Sorry, somebody's cutting out. Was it me? Well, I, I only heard that you, I have, I have one and two, then I have the omnibus, then I think I have four. Okay. But yeah, I, I have all the issues, too. Okay. I was just asking what you had. Yeah. I think I'm missing, like, maybe three issues of the entire run of international and Europe. Okay. Is Europe any good? It's great. It's. I'm reading the, the four-issue miniseries that Nick got right now. It's the it's the same writer, same artist, and sometimes Bart Sears shows up and does art. That's the one you picked up at the con. Yep. Oh. See, international Europe, there's just too many Justice Leagues. I'm confusing myself. I even knew that. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, just take this. And throw it in France. <laughs> and, and have the French hate them. Is pretty much what it is. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, what do well, you guys give it? Only a group of Americans would go to France without a French superhero on the team. And with nobody that could speak French. That's well, true. Did, did they put Red... It was a Red Fox or something? Wasn't there a French one on there? She comes later. Uh the Crimson Fox? Yeah, Crimson she, Fox. she comes later in about issue five or six. Okay. And the only one that can really speak French is the Elongated Man. So. I'll have to look into that one, too. You want to borrow them? I may. Because there's no you lanterns guys... in it. No, that's okay. <laughs> so you guys in the same building? At uh, work? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he could give you his whole run. Meh. <laughs> 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 All right, so what do we uh what do we rate this? Uh first issue, I'm gonna give it a four. Okay. 
Nick? Yeah, it's it's a it's a five. I mean, I've read the whole thing, so I know where it's going. And so, yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorite books. Top two of my favorite books. So, yeah, it's got to be a five. I'm going to give it a five as well because I've read two volumes of it so far. So, yeah. Yeah, awesome. that was my first dive in. So I, I kind of want to see what happens before I get too excited about it. Yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> Stop. You want to go upstairs? Then come. Ooh, that was a bad voice. All right, should we move on? Yeah, yeah so we'll move on to Spider Woman uh, number one. What do we think, guys? Not what I expected. <laughs> What'd you expect? Not her but bodyguarding a rich kid. Yeah. I was expecting more Hydra, more S.H.I.E.L.D., more... Porcupine. You know, right, something. <laughs> Not just her on a boat with a rich family trying to keep them safe. And then she vomits green stuff? Right. Okay. I don't like the costume. No. And it was cool when you get to the last, like the second half, and she's doing the flashback, and she's wearing the original red and yellow. Uh-huh. But that looks so much better. This black one is not cool. No. It's like they're trying to do too much Miles Morales Spider-Man thing going on. Yep. Yeah, I like I like the original costume as well. This was actually my first Spider-Woman book, so I actually kind of liked it because I had nothing else to go by. No, I'm not saying I hated it. I'm just saying it's not it's what I expected it to be. Okay. It's kind of cool that she's, you know, she's down on her luck and she's got to get jobs of, like, being a bodyguard again, but I don't know. I think they could have went somewhere else with that. I I do too. I th I don't think it. I think they maybe down the road they could have implemented that even second issue, but yeah, it just felt too forced that first issue. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm I'm yeah I'm gonna buy it. She's she's an awesome character. So yeah, I really like Jessica Drew. I would recommend going back and reading the previous two series. Well, all of the series that she's in are fantastic, but the previous two are just fantastic. Yeah, very funny. Sure. Yeah, I think I'm I'm collecting in my head what I want to collect. So, and Brian Michael Bendis did an awesome run on it. It only lasted for like eight issues, but it is really good. Yeah. What covers did you get? I got the Bruce Tim and the Art Germ. That's the one where she's kind of diving in from the side in her old costume? Yep. That's the one I picked up. I got the black with the triangle on the cover with the yellow. Oh, yeah. Background. Yep. That's the one I picked up. Cool. All of them looked really nice. Yeah. Okay. So, what do we rate it? I'm going to go four. 
Yeah, I'd go four. Cool, because I was going to go four. I was hoping I wasn't the only four. <laughs> I like the character too much not to give it a four, and they didn't do enough to destroy her in this to make me go any lower on it. Right. Just they wait till issue two. Twelve year old. <laughs> Just look. Wait for issue two. That's usually when Marvel destroys their books. <laughs> I it hope was not. Funny, like when she's going going to that place and getting her new costume, and uh, they're like, "Well, we need to take your thighs out." You know, it's got a little stretch here and more more stretch here. This is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought that was funny too. This part's getting worn out. But didn't that part where the costume maker feel a little bit like The Incredibles? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No capes. No capes. I don't like do capes. It's like everybody goes to um, where Daredevil gets his costumes from. What's his name? Melvin? Oh, yeah. Shouldn't she have gone seen the like the gladiator too instead of this weird person or even the Fantastic Four? Somebody that probably had a better hand at it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just weird that there's a place that superheroes can go and buy costumes from. Is there a mass market on unstable molecules that <laughs> we just like living off of the <laughs> patents? Could be, could be. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, for the D-lister, did somebody say they didn't have the chance to write down about Amanda Connor? Yeah, I... Neither of us got a shot at doing it, so. So we'll just skip it for this week? Yeah. Okay. Is there anything going on at the shop that they're trying to draw people in during this crisis? They're actually reducing their hours, and they're doing uh, curbside pickup. So you can call ahead and pay and get your books pulled, and they, they'll run it out to the car. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, but uh, otherwise, it's pretty much pretty. Everything's come to a stop. Yeah. So. Yeah, they they um, they're going for, from ten to eight on almost every day, to ten to six every day except for Sundays, and now it's noon to five. But it makes sense, so. Wow, noon to five, huh? Okay, you were cut. You're cutting in and out. Me? Yep. What part did you catch last? Uh, ten to eight to ten to six. Yep, and then on Sundays they're going noon to five. Okay. Okay. So, no gaming. I mean, the, you can go in and buy cards or whatever, but. Obviously, they're not allowing anybody playing any games, and they're really watching that 10 or less. That's yeah. good. That's good. Otherwise, that's it. Okay. 
So now, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, The Random Read! Who wants to go first? Well, I don't have anything. <laughs> well, all right. How many you got, Ryan? Three. All right, I've got two. I'll go first. Perfect. I picked up uh, X-Ray Robot by Dark Horse. Oh, yeah, I looked at that. Uh, by Michael Allred, Laura Allred, and Nate Pikos. Uh-huh. Um, pretty much the story is about a scientist who is trying to... Um, they're building a robot to go into the future, it looks like. And um, the way that they're going to do it is the the uh, scientist would be able to hook up this like virtual reality or some kind of system where he can uh, he can see what the robot sees in the next dimension. And um, there is uh, his kids are he brings his kids and um, he sees everything and he sees what happens and he starts freaking out right there's a nuclear holocaust and his family all dies and he comes back and then the next time they decide to do it there's an accident and his brain gets put into the robot and the robot comes back. Um, from, uh, the dimension, whatever future dimension that he was in. And he says that he's him. And so that's where it left off because the robot and the doctor are the same person. So they're, it's like, he's talking to somebody from the future. Um, the artwork is fantastic. I really like the story. Um, I don't want to give too much away. Even though I kind of did. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed it. And I was looking for something that wasn't Marvel and wasn't DC. I'm trying to branch out here this month. And I really liked X-Ray Robot, so I highly recommend it. And um, I think I'm going to pick it up and start reading it on the on the regular. Cool. And I'm going to steal Ryan's thunder here. I picked up Artemis and the Assassin. By Aftershock. What? What? I've got two now. We'll discuss together. <laughs> All right. Smash, so smash. <laughs> this is this this book is by Stephanie Phillips and Megan Hetrick, which my uh I'm wondering if I'm related to her or not, not because my great grandmother's grandparents' last name was Hetrick. And uh, Francesca 
Fantini. So it's an all woman um, creators on this book. So you open up and it starts out in Russia, 1916. And this person uh, shows up in front of Tsar uh, Nicholas's carriage. And she starts uh, slaughtering everybody, the guard. And Grigory Rasputin shows up and says, you cannot kill me. Um, you would you start a war. And she kills him. And then she travels back. So it's kind of a, she's like a time cop type of thing. And she goes back and she gets into an argument with her handler. And then it cuts to 1944 Vichy France. And there's a woman sniper who is taking out German... Um, she's part of the French underground resistance. And they're basically assassinating... Um, officers of the German army and um, she kills one and she's running away and they blow up the bridge and then they cut to the um, headquarters of the underground and they're all at a bar and they're partying because they took out another German officer and you cut to a room and Come to find out she's an amputee. And it shows her taking off her leg and relaxing finally. Or her, yeah, her leg. Just one leg. I thought it was two by the way the picture looked. But it's just one. And she gets a knock at the door. And she thinks this guy is coming to hit on her. And try to get her in bed. But he's actually there to deliver a message. And it's about the invasion of uh, Normandy, and it's her job to relay the message to the French, all the other French underground uh, cells. And then it cuts. Uh, the guy gets killed by a mysterious arrow, and it turns out it's the assassin from the. Uh, the beginning of the book who took them out and now she's got an aerial pointed at this sniper and then it shows like a little short story about her training to be an assassin and how she's the best and how she wants missions and well they're like the the uh the handler's like okay you want a mission so bad, then you have to kill this person. And she's like, no. So it was a pretty good cliffhanger. I enjoyed this book a lot. Um, so I'm going to say I highly recommend this. Um, it kind of went with having an all-woman, since we're doing women creators, and this is a woman, whole woman staff on this book. I didn't realize that until after I read it. I didn't look at who wrote it, who drew it, who did anything. So 
But I give it a five, and I highly recommend it. It is a fantastic read. Did you pick it up? Yeah. Yeah? It's Aftershock. Of course. <laughs> I shouldn't have I shouldn't have uh, doubted it. You didn't do it for this, this week, did you? Yeah, but that's all right. I got a couple others. Okay, cool. No, it's a great read. I'm glad you picked it up and checked it out. Yeah, I was like, eh, this one looks cool. I'll pick it up. Ryan, be proud of me. I'm not reading just DC and Marvel. <laughs> yeah, that, it was oh. a fantastic book. Uh, my week was a lot of Aftershock, Dark Horse stuff. I uh, Justice League and the Spider Woman were the only two Marvel DC books I got. So yep. same with me. Um. So, another Aftershock book, Undo by Blood, or The Shadow of a Wanted Man. This is issue two. I wasn't sure how I felt about issue one. Um, and I'm still not sure how I feel about this. <laughs> uh, it's by Lonnie Nadler and Zach Thomas Thompson uh, as the writers, and then Sammy Kilova is the artist. And it's essentially two stories. One's about a girl that goes back to a town where um, she just turned 18 and her parents were, she witnessed her parents getting murdered in this town and she went back to see if she could figure out who did it. And she's carrying a book along about a cowboy who is fighting a villain that's got his son as a captive. So the story kind of hops back and forth between her story and then the one she's actually reading about the cowboy. Um, like I said, I'm still not sure how I feel about it, but the art's fantastic and the storytelling's great. I just don't know where it's going. And I'm waiting to see where they kind of tie everything together to kind of coincide the two stories because you know they're doing something to make that happen. You just can't see it yet. Okay. So if you're wanting something different, check it out. Um, like I said, I just it's hard to get a real good grasp on where it's at because of the way that the storytelling wor is working currently. And that's not a bad thing. It's just a different style. So. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um the other one I got was by Dark Horse is Starship Down. Uh, let's see, it's Justin Campiello, Campielli and Andrea Muti um, are the writer and the artist. And this is about a doctor who is getting pulled to Antarctica to check out an alien ship, but she just doesn't know it. And uh, <clears throat> They gave her, you know, read the rights to her and said, hey, you know, whatever you see here, you can't discuss that kind of stuff. And she's like, yeah, I've heard it before. They're like, no, you don't understand. You either you don't discuss this stuff. If you discuss it with anybody, you're going to get killed immediately. And then once she sees a spaceship, she understands why. Um, this is a good start to a book. I mean, um, 
especially if you're into that whole UFO stuff and things like that. It's a real interesting take. Um, and the art's just amazing in it. And they really, <laughs> one of the best parts is they kind of tie how the Catholic Church is very well aware of all these aliens coming to Earth. And they're very involved in this dig. So another aspect that you just don't hear typically. But uh, that was the first issue. Definitely check this one out. Okay. What was that called again? Starship Down. And that's on number issue one? Yeah. Okay. I have to give it a look. That's what I got. Yeah. Okay. Well, this week, um, our top ten was uh, top ten women creators in comics. I'll go first. My number ten was Stephanie Phillips from after the Aftershock book I read. Number nine was Sarah Bryan. Number eight, Ramona Freyden. Number seven, Sarah Pacelli. Number six, Carla Pacheco. Number five, Alice Marble. Number four, Sonia Obeck. Number three, Kelly Sue DeConnick. Number two, Gail Simone. And number one, Louise Simonson. Nice. All right. My number 10, Grace Ellis from Lumberjanes. Number nine, Marjorie Liu from Monstrous. Number eight, Amanda Connors from Supergirl. Uh, number seven, Mirka Andoff uh, from Unnatural. Six, Fiona Staples from Saga. Five, Anne Noceta from Daredevil. Four is Kelly Sue Dinonic, uh from Captain Marvel. Three, Gail Simone, Secret Six. Two, Sarah Vaughn from Alex plus Ada. And then number one was Leela Del Duca from Shudder. Awesome. Do you got yours, Nick? No. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, no problem. There's always Barbara Kessel. She uh, started Cross Gen, and she did a lot of I stuff with her Carl. Her. And yeah, you guys got a lot of them that I would have picked anyway. But uh, Barbara deserves to be on. Just noted because of what she's done for dc i would have definitely put her on my list i forgot about her hawk and dove she created cross-gen comics she's she was a huge creator in the 80s and 90s so that would be my my number one i okay i can understand that that cross-gen was a fantastic i've never gotten too much hawk and dove but i loved a lot of the cross-gen stuff yeah, I got her. To, I got her to sign an uh, annual for Hawk and Dove, and she was like, "I love destroying comic books." <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Now your vol- like that value has gone down incredibly." <laughs> nice, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So, anybody got any news this week? No. 
I'm going to say no to Nick, too. No. Oh, we also should talk about Roy Thomas's wife, Danny. Okay. She she became a co-writer with him after they got married, and she did a lot of work with him, too. So a lot of the stuff will have, like, Roy Thomas and Danny Thomas. And if you think, like, Danny's a man, no, that's actually his wife. So She, she was on Greatest an Avenger. For, yeah. She did a lot oh. of work for DC in the 80s. Okay. Awesome. But yeah, Louise Simonson definitely deserves credit too. Yep. <coughs> she did a lot she of worked, stuff. She worked on uh, Nick, or uh, Ryan's favorite power pack. She did New Mutants. Thor. Thor. I think she did some X Factor. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, she's she's a uh, she is my favorite. So, because I read X Factor like it was going out of style when she was on it. So, all right. Well, since nobody else has any news, I'll just put it go out and say uh, it looks like they're canceling all new orders for comic books due to COVID, which is really a bummer for the comic book shops, because it's going to a lot of them are and I'd pro I, I know they, they probably don't really make any money off of the comic books, so I'm not in that business, so what what is what say you, Ryan? <laughs> like I know. Um they're not canceling, they're just halting them. So yeah. Just pausing them. Um Yeah, there is a there is a profit to be made because that's where a lot of coming from for, you know, sales on back issues are not a huge deal. So there is a markup for the owners because that's where they're usually making their money is on the new books. So okay. there, there is a little bit of money there um, to be made. So yeah, th this is going to do a lot of damage to a lot of shops. So this is really the time that you really need to go out there. And if you got a shop that you really like um, and they're even part partially open, see if, you know, They'll run something out to you real quick. Buy a gift card or something so you can use it to go back to or something. But getting them some money now somehow, purchasing something oh. now um, via online or see if they have a drive-up service like a lot of shops I'm reading about are doing right now uh, to get them some kind of money because this could kill their business. Okay. Yeah, I I hope it's not for very long because we can't all just be cooped up forever, right? That's what we're hoping. I mean, obviously, there's other things, but a lot more important things out there than comic books. As much as I hate to admit that, but <laughs> especially on a comic book show. But you yeah. are right. There are more you know, important things. Um. I, uh, you know, 
it's something I know Nick and I've talked about in the past with um, how the comic industry is already very volatile. Um, and now you're taking away one of their major sources of income that I think we all understand why. And hopefully, you know, just like all the other places that have had to stop what they're doing for a while and, you know, all these restaurants that have to lay off waitresses and waiters or whatever because they can't go into work or whatever that hopefully they can stay afloat long enough to get through and they see an uptick again. I hope so. Yeah, I hope this clears and we all can go back to our regular scheduled lives. Like when when the uh, what's the April thirtieth date comes here in Nebraska, so we can start supporting our comic book shops again. Absolutely. So, anybody anybody got anything else? Nope. No. Okay. Well, if you like what you hear. Give it, uh, go to your lo- whichever app you listen to your podcasts on. Give us a like, subscribe, and uh, leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Um, also, um, if this show brings value to your life, um, we're going to call this value for value. If it's worth anything to you, just send us a little bit of coin. Um, I will, uh, if you want to. D, uh, send me a private message on Twitter at the It's Too Wordy One. I'll tell you where you can send the money, and we will set up a separate bank account for the show. Okay. Um. So yeah, have fun. Read more comics. It's been Kirk, Ryan, and Nick. All right, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Look. Up on the building, it's Spider Woman! And this is Jessica Drew, who as a child, while visiting her father's laboratory, was bitten by a poisonous spider. Forced to try an untested spider serum, Dr. Drew not only saved his daughter's life, but unknowingly gave her incredible spider-like powers. Dedicated to fighting evil while weaving her web of justice, it's Spider-Woman. Spider-Woman.